Today's show is brought to you by 24-Hour Mental Fitness Centers. We know what physical fitness is. Now it's time for mental fitness. We have a self-care master, a dreadmill, character crunches, a thought checker. Find out how you roll in our role-play gym. You can prepare for all kinds of life scenarios and have fun in the process by acting them out. No matter what you feel, think, or worry about at mental fitness centers, we can work it out. Now open at the South Shore Plaza, the Crocker Galleria, and our newest location, downtown Loma Linda. Mental Fitness Centers, letting go of resistance since 1977. Okay, everybody, the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. Here we are. We're the show that uh, unites mental health and comedy, but we also practice skills. We're all about skills. We're all about turning mental health from a noun into a verb, from a topic to a practice. I can't think of a better a better guest to have than the people that you're going to meet today. And of course, joining me is the ninja of the neocortex <laughs> and the founder of ConnectedParenting.com, Jennifer Kalari. Jennifer, this is a big show. I'm excited. Yeah, this is a big show. A couple months ago, a few months ago, I'm reading, I, I don't know where, I found this on uh, Squirrel News on articles, uh, solutions journalism, and I found this thing where they're training barbers to be mental health coaches. Immediately, I was like, that is genius, number one. And then I started to like get into it and watch the videos, some of which you're going to see today on the show. I started to cry, and then I thought, I'm going to host the show, but I'm going to be crying. And I thought, well, that's perfect, right? So Darnell Rice, Claire Gibbs. Darnell is a chief people officer of, uh, of the Confess Project, and Claire also uh, on the team at the Confess Project. Darnell, what is going on? This thing has grown so quickly. How did you come to this, and, and, and what impact has it made on your life? Well, I, I want to, first of all, thank you for, for allowing me to be on the show. I'm a very humble person. Uh, I let my actions and my work speak for, for our community. But I'm going to tell you something. I mean, I remember going through my own challenges with mental illness. I can remember I was in grad school and I was actually looking for an organization that, first of all, looked like me, but also embodied my community. And I was going, I actually was working at Avis Budget and I was at a dead end job. I was making $9.25 an hour, making $263 every two weeks. And I was just, I was just, I was just existing. I was not living. And so I, I remember Tim, God bless Tim, by the way. And, and Tim was a, was a man. He was like, hey, man, I want you to come to this barbecue. And behold, I met Lorenzo Lewis. And he said, hey, man, I, I want you to, come volunteer at the Confess Project. As I started to volunteer for the organization, I knew then that I, I had an organization that really cared about men of color and their families. And I, I can remember, you know, my first event going with Lorenzo to a college in Alabama. And I can remember driving down that road and I, I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, I started crying, I said, man, I need to, I, I, I'm hurting, I need help. And, you know, from there on, it was like my whole life started to change. I started to, to take therapy. 
I started to just really engulf myself in the Confess Project and really started to go into barbershops and, and really push the message of, of mental health, mental wellness, mental stability, but also just storytelling. We use storytelling as a way to connect with, with our audience, but also our barbershops. Barbershops are a key component of who we are and what we stand for. We know those barbers are gatekeepers. We know that barbershops are, are very influential in the, in the community, especially in the black community, because that's where we go to, to, to feel good, to look good, but also to be valued and appreciated. And so the Confess Project has been very dear to me for the past five years, and it will continue to be dear to me because we are the boots on the ground. And so that's how that's how the impact it has had on me because I went from just existing to thriving. So bar so barbers are trained. They're they're trained as coaches. They are going to become coaches. Is that ad, so? Gesagen. Yes, mental health advocates. Advocates, tell us how that program works. What what are they learning, and how do they how do they help people? when they come in and how do they how do you approach somebody who's coming into a barbershop for a haircut but maybe there's stuff weighing on them well well here's the thing when you think about relationships it's all about building that relationship see that client and barber have a particular relationship and what ma something magical happens between the barber and the the client because as a barber you know barbers come from all walks of life they cut from the CEO down all the way down to the, the boys on the block. It's so important that the barber has that connection with a client and says, you know, hey, how, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? How can I support you? How can I be here for you? Because in that 30 to 45 minute conversation and a haircut is just not a haircut. It's a conversation and it's about building community. We're wanting to build community through our barbershops and our barbers because it's so important that back in the civil rights era a lot of people don't know this but the barbershop was so influential during that time our leaders went into the barbershop to strategize but also have conversations about healing restoration and how to be powerful and have a powerful voice and so with the barbers the barbers are very key to the community you have barber shops and barber schools that have been in the community for over 30 years. And it's so important that we continue to, to thrive and continue to help our barbers to be those advocates, to be those suicide prevention persons, to make sure that they have an important piece to the puzzle to where they'll be able to get their clients to a focus group, to therapy. This is spectacular. It's spectacular. What can you tell me about Lorenzo Lewis? Because this guy, as soon as you see him, you're melted by his presence and also by his vision and, and his his life in terms of coming up with this thing. What can you tell me about him? So Lorenzo Lewis is is a thought leader. He's a visionary. Uh, he's uh, he took the Confess Project from from just a dream to a reality, and I've been part of that every step of the way. I can remember. Lorenzo and I going to a training and, and we were like, man, we just we just gonna bootstrap it. We're just gonna go and we just wanna have conversations in barbershops. And and I can remember, you know, Lorenzo, he was like, Man, we're here, we're gonna continue to keep going. And I said, you know, let, let's continue to keep going because there's people they need to hear from us. And Lorenzo has just been phenomenal. He's been a phenomenal founder, a phenomenal leader. 
you know, and he, he was like, hey, just continue to believe and we're going to keep going forward. And I can remember times where, you know, and let me say this, we, we didn't have funding. We did not have funding. People, people thought we were crazy. Y'all want to go, y'all want to go into barbershops and, and just have in, intimate conversations with, with black men and boys and their families. Yes, we do. We wanted to do something that was very unconventional, very, you know, unique. And we wanted to make sure that we would be the first national barbershop, which we are. And so Lorenzo is is a man of many, many hats, but he's also a great thought leader and a visionary because he believes in the vision of the organization and also of the people. You know, we teach our barbers on four principles, active listening, positive communication, validation, and reducing the stigma. Now I understand why it's so successful, um, because those things are things that a lot of people don't know about. They don't experience in their lives. They're not used to being listened to. They're not used to being heard. They're not used to feeling like it's okay to have feelings that are uncomfortable, that are different, that are, I, I taught, I actually interviewed, uh, some former Harlem Globetrotters about mental health. I said, what do you do about depression? What, when you, he said, well, as a kid, I was very depressed. I said, well, how did you handle that? We said, well, I went, went to my mom. I told her I was depressed. And she said, why don't you go depress some dishes? Mm, yes. That's, so that's, what, that's, is, what is that? There's a reason that people are brought up to be tough in the black community. What, why is that? Yeah. Think about it, Ed. Yeah, think exactly. It. Think about it. Think of, about the systematic racism, police brutality, slavery, just all this whole nine yards. We can go on and on. For so many decades, we have not, as a community, and especially in the black community, we have not been first. We've been last every single time. So it's important that we li- be liberated, but also have the opportunity to live a quality of life, to be healed, to be healthy, to to have opportunities to you know be successful, not only in pro- your professional life, but also in your personal life, because quitting is not in our DNA. Yeah. And so it's so important for initiatives like the Confess Project and others to really understand the importance of mental wellness and mental intelligence and making sure that we have the, the brave spaces, that we have the barbershops, that we have those barbershops and those barber stylists and barbers to make sure that they are the gatekeepers and they are the advocates that the community needs because that barbershop is so important, so important. I remember five years ago, my barber, I didn't know that my barber was an advocate for me because I would tell him about my my shortcomings and what I was dealing with in my personal life. And he offered concern, he offered compassion and love. And he said, this is how I was able to push through this situation. So this is this is very, very inspiring. And all, all things are possible when you talk to somebody like yourself, you learn that this is this is possible. But what I love about it, what I love about the movement and what you're doing is it is really a grassroots movement. It is really a, a shop to shop, barber to barber movement. Now you've got a thousand, you've trained a thousand barbers. And like Lorenzo says, that's that's they they have up to a million people that they're affecting, that they're coming into contact with. And it's going to keep growing, right? And it's expanding as we speak. Can anybody be uh, a mental health advocate, do you think? Can anyone be trained to be a mental health advocate? Could a bartender be trained? Could a could a comedian be trained? Do you think that, that that's possible? 
I, I really, in this context, you know, of course, we just are strictly our, our main focus is barbers. Right. So, you know, when you think about other industries, training that bartender or training that social worker or training that car wash attendant, all of these are so important, especially in our community when you talk about mental health. Mental health is so important in all aspects of our lives. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because it affects the lawyer, the doctor, the professional basketball, professional football player, all the way down to the, the blue collar worker. Mental illness does not have a, a color. It does not have a, a, a socioeconomical way either. It affects all of us in such ways. When you think about the individuals that, have, that are longer with us, it affects us all, whether it's indirectly or directly. You know, my mom suffered from PTSD and depression and also bipolar. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, and then my own, you know, my own battles as well. So it's a lot. But I, I tell people on this podcast and remember that it's important to if you have a barber or if you have a barber stylist, start talking to them and, and, and talking to them and letting them know, you know, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going through right now. I need I need you to just listen, because as our barbers are being trained, we are training them on how to identify, you know, some of the signs, how to look for and also offer resources in their community and say, hey, I got resources for you. But also we have a, a directory of therapists, too, in our network, too, as well, to where we provide technical assistance to our barbers and wellness checks as well. That's what I was going to ask you, how, what the training was like. It, it, is there role playing? Is there, are there exercises? Are these people coaching? Yeah. Yes. Exercises. We have a mass demonstration. We talk, we use storytelling as a way to connect with, with our barbers. So we have two training videos. We have one where it talks about the points and then we have a mass demonstration where we have the actual mask where we talk through, you know, the different emotions and feelings around when you're wearing the mask because we wear a mask every day, believe it or not. That's really true. That is really true. Everybody's wearing an emotional mask of some kind. Jennifer, you do a lot of coaching. You've coached a lot of people through Connected Parenting and you coach kids and families that you work with. When you hear about this, what goes through your mind? This is the most magical, wonderful idea. You're meeting people where they feel safe. And there's a lot of stigma around going to get help. For, in many communities, getting a, you know going to see a therapist, there's still a lot of stigma around and a lot of shame. A lot of people don't support it. A lot of people don't get it. So to go where you feel safe, where you have community and getting your hair cut is an act of such trust. Just the act itself is you're trusting someone with your hair, right? <laughs> That's right. And they're touching you and you're close together. And what a beautiful space to have these conversations. And People in this industry, hairstylists, and for women too, I mean, women going to get their hair, that's been a sanctuary for thousands of years, hundreds of years where they feel safe and can talk. So you can see how it has such an impact on communities, on people, but, and hairstylists will say this, they, they feel like therapists. People sit in that chair and they start talking. And a lot of therapists, and a lot of hairstylists panic. What do I do? What do I say? How do I answer that person? How do I make them feel like I can hear them without getting so scared and changing the topic. So the fact that you're helping people figure out what to say 
and how to say it and how to do it from a place of love. This is amazing. Can I just ask when people are in the chair and they're talking to their barber with the other people in the shop at the time, do they chime in? Does everybody have a group discussion? Because when I think of the barber shop, I think of people in a group talking. Yeah, right? yeah. So typically what we do in our trainings, we we definitely have our barbers engaged, but also the clients too as well. So it's a big, it's just a big, big conversation and a training amongst barbers, barber stylists, and the clients, because believe it or not, the clients love to chime in as well during our training because yeah. it's about building that community. And that's what we're about. For instance, if there's a situation where you have a client in your chair and that barber advocate that has been trained, the client says, you know, I'm dealing with some issues here. So we have those resources readily available to where the barber can say, hey, quietly, I want to talk to you for a minute. Here's the resources. I will go with you to call the number if you need me to and do check-ins with their clients because some of those barbers have clients from five all the way up to 65. Mm. They built a relationship with that client. So it's so important that that sacredness of the, the client barber relationship is intact. The Confess Project, we thrive ourselves on loyalty. We pride ourselves on being a person-centered organization. And also, you know, we want to make sure that we're culturally aligned and we build a community. And we also are thinking unconventionally as an organization, but we also we also let our barbers know that too as well. Because it's so important that our barbers understand the importance of their role, how important it is for them to be that advocate in the community for their clients, but also making sure that they go and get therapy as well. Because I was just going to say, they need that support too, because that's heavy. So they, so they get it. They get it, right? Yes, that's how therapy works. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, right. and, and now, we're, now we have families involved, right? We're, we're about the community. So we have families, and that means... You have black men, you have boys, mm -hmm. kids, mm -hmm. and women, I would imagine, are also involved in this. What are you seeing from the women? How are they responding? Uh, women are responding very well. We have a, a number of ambassadors that are that are women, particularly, you know, for every for every strong man, there's a strong woman right beside him. So it's important that we include that wife, include that girlfriend, include that daughter. Because a lot of our barbers, they have mothers, they have wives, they have girlfriends, they even have daughters. So it's important to, to make sure that that barber and barber stylist is an advocate so he can save not only a client's life, but he can also save his, his family member's life as well. I love that. I'm imagining that if you have someone who comes in and they don't want to share, they're, they're, they're too scared, they don't want to, but they're overhearing this amazing conversation that's happening between a barber and, and their client. By proxy, they're getting some of that love, some of that oxytocin, and, and, and there's a message for them that, okay, well, maybe I can do that one day, or maybe I'll feel comfortable, or maybe that's okay. Like Even for the people who aren't engaging, they're there, they're part of it, and that's a huge message to them. So yeah. Yes, because when you think about it, not everybody is going to engage and you know, have these discussions. It, it's terrifying for some people, honestly. Yeah, it was when I, my first time speaking in a, in a barber shop in Louisville, Kentucky, the city of greatness, Muhammad Ali. Ooh. But I was able to share a part of me into that barber shop. And I'm going to tell you, it's ministry for me. And it's it's a point of being authentic, being transparent. 
every time I put on that mask, y'all, a layer of, of trauma comes off. I'm able to heal. And that's real emotion behind that mask. Yep. Think about if everybody would unveil the mask and really tap into the holistic approach of, of advocacy and, and barbershops and understanding that, you know, you can start at the barbershop, but you can end up with a life coach. You can end up with, you know, a multi-team of people to help you live a, your best quality of life, be liberated, be valued, and be appreciated. It's, it's huge. It's enormous. It, and it's mentorship. You're talking about mentorship, too. I wonder when they leave the barbershop and let's say they don't need a haircut, are they coming back in to visit and drop in and follow up and yes, phone calls yes, and things yes, like that? Is that happening? Yes, that's happening too as well. You know, we have uh, we have Zoom meetings, we have blitz calls, we do wellness checks, we check in with our barbers. Imagine make- that, Jennifer, uh, a therapist calling their their client. I'm sure you do this, but like wellness checks, it's like part of the part of the therapy process. I'm going to check in with you during the week. Imagine yeah, it's that. Normal. It's community. It's love. It's taking care of each other. And for every person who peels a layer off that mask they're better able to support and help someone else. So it's just like a pebble in the water and the rings just go out and out and out. And I just think this is such a beautiful project. I'm really moved by it. It's incredible. There's a tour going on. I was reading about a tour. Gillette and Andy's is one of our uh, sponsors. So okay. we, did a, we did a Gillette tour a couple about a year ago, year or two ago. We did a virtual tour because of COVID. We were getting ready to do a big tour, but then COVID hit. Yeah, we had to we had to pivot as an organization and say, okay, how can we reach barbers in a way that it's it's unconventional in a way that we'll be able to reach them where they are? We decided to do virtual trainings with with our cities. So we went to Dallas, Fort Worth, went to Philly, went to New York, went to San Francisco, and we all did this virtually. And you're bringing people in. I would imagine that there are speakers. There are people like Lorenzo. There are other advocates in local communities. They come into the barbershop. They visit. They speak. They train, et cetera. Yeah. So basically, we have our trainers, but we have, we have in the past, we have collaborated with other organizations. Like when we did our, our second tour, which was in person after the fact of when, you know, of course, when we did the virtual, we had the the actual tour, we went to those cities and we, you know, we had the barbershops and everything. And we collaborate with a, a group called Good Call. And they're, they're out of New York and they do a lot around um, rights when a, when a person is arrested. They talk about how to talk to the police, making sure that they know what to do, what to say, how to present themselves as well. We were able to utilize Good Call to be a part of our training. How is the therapy community responding to this? Do you get calls from therapists? Do you get support? Do you get, you said you have therapists in your program. So we have enormous amount of support with our therapists. When you think about therapists, especially in in the black community, we don't have a lot of therapists that look like us. When you think about the 2%, it's, it's very, it's very slim. So we try to make sure that we find therapists that look like us to make sure that we can address the need and also understand that, you know, it's, it's going to take a village. It's going to take all of us to help our communities thrive and, and be successful. Our therapy community, we have a good community. And, and I'm really thankful that we, you know, we can still continue to add more therapists as well to our directory. Well, I think you got one here. 
Um, I think you got one on this call. Uh, so, so I think Jennifer's in. Um, I think what's so important is, especially now, there's more than one pandemic right now. Mental health, anxiety through the roof, and there are no resources. They're strained to the limit. So the more people can be doing this kind of incredible work where people are, where they feel safe, meeting them where they are, with this incredible support and training, it's phenomenal. And it's so needed. Yes. So unbelievably needed. And I'm going to tell you something, Ms. Jennifer, too. We train our barbers not to diagnose. Mm -hmm. They're not clinicians. They're yep. advocates. And we let them know up front. Yep, that's important. You're just there to advocate for them and yourself. Yes, I love that. We're not we're not judging. We're not uh, diagnosing. Uh, like but, but you have active listening and you have validation. Two of the cornerstones. Jennifer talks about this all the time in parenting. Mm -hmm. This is what it's about. This is the cornerstone of parenting. So you're doing it. And it's it's amazing how huge it is. Therapy is no stranger to the white community. OK, people it's but it's still a stigma. It's still a problem. And people don't do it. This is the thing. People talk about it. Do You're it. doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. And the doing is the active listening and the validation and the and basic skills of connection. This is what changes people's lives. Not going to somebody's office to sit down and talk about your past and not necessarily. This is therapy where you are. When you think about unresolved trauma, childhood trauma, unique lived experiences, those are the cornerstones of where you can start to heal. And I had to really take an inventory and really understand like every trauma changes you. Trauma changes you to a point where either you're going to say, okay, let, let me let me start somewhere. Let me start the process of healing. Because if you think about adverse childhood experiences, my score is about an eight and above. So you can imagine how much trauma I've seen and I've been through in my lifetime. Both my parents are gone. My grandmother is has cancer right now. She raised me just the whole nine yards, you know, but at the same time, I'm letting the the statistics know that I'm still here, that I'm still providing services for our community, providing that barber and barber stylist with the four principles and also letting them know that, hey, you can heal too, one client at a time and one barbershop at a time. So brilliant. And when you have issues in your own life, I would imagine that you take those pillars with you into your daily conversations. This is not something was like, now I'm advocating for the Confess Project. This is your life. Yes. When, when you're placed in a, in a situation or in a, an organization where you are commissioned with an assignment, I'm on assignment. So I don't look at it as, as just a a job. I look at it as a as a ministry, but also as a way to connect my own healing to the Confess Project and also our barbers. Because I know that when I speak from the heart and speak from a, from the depths of my soul to the barbers and the barber stylists, they understand. Wow, he's just like me. I'm so inspired, so blown away by this, and it's working. Right, a million barbers. You have goals for the future to meet, reach so many more people and you're spreading out all over the country, right? Yes, but we know that it's going to take a lot of work, dedication, but we know that, you know, when you understand the assignment and you know your North Star, you know where to go, where you need to be, that's the biggest thing is understanding your, your vision 
understanding, you know, what are some of your goals? What what do I need to be doing? Because at the same time, you know, Ms. Jennifer, when you when you talk about life coaching and you talk about therapy and everything, it's important. But sometimes something has to happen in our lives to, for us to really have a light bulb in our in our head and say, oh, this is real. COVID yeah. has really taken us, destroyed us as a as a community and as a society. As I had COVID back in June of, of, of last year. Yeah. COVID for me changed my whole life. Of course. Mm. People's lives and their businesses and their income. And it's been trauma on a grand scale. And we're and I'm particularly worried with young people. Like it's it's hit teens really hard, like really hard. Yeah. And we're gonna be unpacking the effects, the mental health effects of this pandemic for years to come. So that's another reason why it's so important what you're doing. Yeah. You're healing people where they where they are. I also think what you said, Jennifer, is really interesting, which is you're in a space where you're being cared for and there's trust. Yeah. It's so those are like big things. And those are things that you know you don't have everywhere, but in that setting, somebody's taking care of your hair. You don't have anywhere to be. You're not thinking about what happened yesterday, what happened tomorrow. You're in a chair and you're talking. Someone's listening to you. Exactly. And hairstylists and barbers have been doing this, have always been doing this. And now they're getting the help and the support and the how-to. Any hairstylist will tell you they're hearing people's life story and don't always know what to do about it and don't know how to say the right things and where to send people and how to support people and how to deal with it themselves when they've heard a traumatic story. So it, it's just phenomenal. It really is. Also, another thing, too, we, we, we tell our barber and barber, barber stylists as advocates to make sure that you're there to offer support, you offer resources, be a referral for them, but you're not there to, to solve, to solve it. it. Yeah. You're not there to solve their problem. Yeah. Because all they want you to do is just listen sometimes. Oddly, that's Jennifer says many times with parenting issues. There is nothing to fix. It simply is people connecting and being heard. That is a powerful tool for treatment. It really, that is treatment. You know, that is medicine, as Jennifer always says. You know, I know you've raised money. I know you have partners like Toyota and Gillette. I'm sending this to uh, LeBron James's company and to Steph Curry. I know people at both of them. I'm sure you do too. Have the athletes responded to this kind of thing? Yes, we've we've had uh, we had a guy by the name of place for the New Orleans Pelicans, I think. Right. Uh, Holiday, J.R. Holiday. Yeah, yeah, Drew Holiday. Yeah. He has an organization and he he really reached out to us and he also gave us a donation as well. So he's been really influential in that area, too, as far as the professional realm. He's helped us out a lot, too. Other, you know, key figures in, in the game, you know, Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons just donated funds for us, too, as well. Great. So we're moving Great. to Atlanta here this year. That's a shift. That's a shift now. Now you're here in L.A. You're you're Are you in you're in a number of cities? How many cities are you in? Now? So we're in 40 cities, 40, 40 cities. But our main three right now where our offices are located is is Little Rock, Atlanta and L.A. Wow. I'm going to go see the L.A. office. But I'm, but I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you, LeBron James, Jamal Henderson. I'm speaking to you guys and I'm telling you, you know about this. And uh, I don't know if you've had a meeting yet or you've had a conversation, but we're going to connect you with Darnell. I, I think that you guys should talk. 
and Steph Curry and Janelle Lindsay. I'm connecting you with Darnell, and I think you guys should talk. And uh, that's what we're going to say about it right here. I'm looking right at you, <laughs> and we're going to talk. Now, Darnell, before I let you go, what can you do with my hair? Because that is a big source of <laughs> mental health stress for me. Because uh, can I get a witness? This is not good. What's happening right now? Now, there's nothing I can do. I literally was considering a hair transplant. I cannot shave my head because I have a weirdly shaped head. It's not going to look good. I'm going to look like an alien. Mm -hmm. Can I come in? Will you let me into the barbershop so I can talk about this? Man. Wow. That would, that would be that would be something. That would be something. It would be something. And it might not be a good thing. But you know what? But I, I just want to let everyone know that's listening to this podcast. I want you to know that you can save a life. You can be that change for someone that's really ready to, to go to the next level. But just remember, you are there to change, to empower, but also just be a, a helping hand for your yourself, your family, but also go talk to your barber. I love it. I love uh, it. Also, another thing, too, guys, if you would definitely go to our website, www.theconfessproject.com and look us up. Make sure you definitely go on all social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Look us up. If you know any barbers, barber stylists that are wanting to connect with us, let them know that we're here and we want to make sure that we reach the bar, our barbers. And maybe there's a maybe there's a beauty salon because I know that's how Lorenzo originally uh, was inspired by the idea. I think he had a relative who had a beauty parlor and he used to go and he would witness women talking about their issues. Mm -hmm. So it was very organic to him and it really touched him as a kid. And I'm sure that you will have on the other side, you'll have female uh, stylists and people that work in salons as, as a partner program for the Confess Project, right? Yeah, that, that would be something that's been in conversations. All I can say is, you know, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. You know what? Those are great words. Those are great words. Darnell Rice, you're going to come back. We're going to talk again. I would love to talk to you again and follow up with this. I'm serious when I say you've got a big advocate here. You've got two big advocates here. One who is a wonderful coach and trainer and therapists and her company connected parenting does a lot of this kind of advocacy for families so i want to connect you guys everything you are doing it's amazing yeah. you're an inspiration yeah. thank you don't be a stranger let's uh, stay in touch here okay yes i will i will definitely stay in touch with you brother ed okay <laughs> Okay. I, I appreciate y'all so much, man. Hey, y'all be safe. You love can. each other, love on each other, but just remember, you can save a life. Absolutely. I like it. Thank you so much, Darnell Wrights from the Confess Project. Thanks to Lorenzo Lewis for starting all this. Uh, we're going to talk to you sometime. The two of you will come on together. And Claire Gibbs for putting this all together. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Come to makelightmedia.com. You can get all the notes on the podcast. Go to The Confess Project, www.confessproject.com, theconfessproject.com. Go to connectedparenting.com. Learn about Jennifer and the work, that the amazing work that she's doing and, and is ongoing every day, all the time. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next time.